No, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Q Cosplay. We're down here at the final day of Phoenix Fan Fusion, and I am joined by the Avengers of Arizona. Is that correct? Arizona Avengers. Arizona Avengers. My bad. I'm here with... I'm Muncho. Awesome. It's nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your position in the Avengers? Um, I am secretary of the board and one of the founders of the group. That's awesome. Um, So just curious... How many members do you have in the Arizona Avengers? Like, um, if you had to give a rough estimate. We have about um, just over 30. That's awesome. And you guys do a lot of charity work, is that right? Yes. Yes, we do a lot of stuff all throughout the Valley, um, primarily. And then we also uh, service a lot in Tucson as well. Oh, that is so cool. So, like, what kind of events do you guys do for charity? Like, do you do hospital visits? Do you do, like, story time, stuff like that? Yeah, so we actually have a really good partnership with uh, the Phoenix Children's Hospital. So not only do we go there and visit the Child Life Zone and do, like, game shows with the kids and do uh, room-to-room visits, uh, but we also will help them fundraise for their nonprofit portion, which is the Phoenix Children's Hospital Foundation. Um, so we visit other places too. Um, we also work with like uh, Arizona uh, Arizonans uh, for uh, foster children. There we go. Sorry, <laughs> English is hard on the last day of con. You're good. But yeah, so a, a lot of local groups that help um, and have a focus on serving children and the community. That is so cool. And, like, I've been talking to people throughout the con the whole weekend. You know, we've been walking around, talking to a lot of people, and every time I bring you guys up, everyone's like, oh, there's so much fun. They do all this cool stuff. You need to go talk to them. Like, I've heard so much positive stuff about you. It's so cool to know that you guys live up to the hype, you know? Oh, thank you. (laughs) That means a lot. So... Just curious because I'm a huge X-Men nerd. I've been reading the comics since, oh, like, you know, I was, <laughs> I was like five years old. I'm watching the old cartoons. Who is your favorite of the Marvel characters in general? Ooh, okay. So I am a big X-Men fan as well. Um, but I will say, even though she's been retconned and no longer a mutant, Wanda Maximoff is my all-time favorite. That's my girl. I don't blame you, but I have to say my favorite has to be Gambit just because I'm a sucker for the Cajun accent. Oh, and on, <laughs> everyone is. <laughs> on top of that, like, I just love the idea of the, the you know, screw your rules. I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know what? That's why I love mutants so much. There's a lot of renegades in that group. <laughs> there really are. As much as they say, oh, no, we follow the rules. You know, yeah. we got, we've got Colossus over to enforce the rules. And he <laughs> blinked. <laughs> so... I'm just curious, like, all these awesome events you do, everything, all these cons, all these hospitals and everything you've gone to, is there a moment that you've seen with yourself, with the team, or whatever, that just kind of sticks out in your head as the, this is why we do this, this is why we dress up and go to these events, this is why we sweat our, our butts off in leather and warbler and spandex <laughs> and, and just drop dead of heat stroke, and this is why we do what we do? Yeah, um, 
I think probably, I can speak for my own uh, personal experience. When we do the Foster's Carnival, um, that one is one of my favorite events. It usually happens in February. And really just being able to interact with the foster families and kids and seeing their faces light up and especially like when they know the character and it's always, it's usually like a Spider-Man that, and you can't blame them. And I love seeing Spider-Gwen get get the recognition out to you and the little one that girls. she deserves exactly everyone deserves so much recognition <laughs> just seeing their faces light up and they get so excited they want to touch their mask they want to hug they want to high five and just really how excited they get and then also seeing to like the parents be happy and everything um it's that that's just always that moment where it just it it, it lights you up inside that solidifies the, this is why we suffer for our art, to yeah. see that smile on that kid's face. So those parents let up seeing their kids freak out over Spider-Man and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Like, I, I've talked to a lot of people over the years. Um, I've done a lot of uh, stuff myself. I used to be a part of the New Mexico Avengers. Oh, okay. Um, I was their Lady Deadpool for the longest time. Because nice. that's what you need as a drag queen is Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I, I understand all too well that, that feeling of, oh yeah, no, I'm completely dying in this full head-to-toe spandex, but you know what? That kid left, so I'm going to suffer a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just curious, like, if you were able to get into cosplay, if you were able to actually build the costume and stuff, is there a character other than, you know, Wanda, of course, because we all love Wanda, that you would love to embody to be a part of, like, the photos with the kids and everything? So I, I do I do cosplay as Wanda. I'm just not this weekend. Um, Valid. It's a little warm this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so I do have a Scarlet Witch. Um, mine is from the Wolverine and the X-Men animated series version. Oh, my God. So that's the one I did. That... I love that animated series. I was so devastated when it got canceled after one season. <laughs> I know it just it didn't get the hype that the original X Men the animated series did, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, and, well, and the studio that did it went bankrupt, so that didn't help. <laughs> no, it, it really didn't. But they but, also kind of shot themselves in the foot with that. Yeah, like, they they really hurt themselves with a lot of that stuff. Yeah, but uh, if I had to pick another character, um, it is one that I am actually planning on building here soon. Um, is A Force Lady Sif. Ooh. So that is one that's coming. Um, I did also recently, I, I shouldn't say recently, sorry, the last few years have been a blur. They all melt together. COVID, COVID kind of screwed up. Time yeah. is relative now. Um, I did co uh, cross off a bucket list character a few years back and I did uh, She Hulk. Um, so that one was another really fun one to do. That is awesome. And, you know, it's it's so cool seeing you guys out here all dressed up in these superhero costumes and all that. Like, little kid me is sitting here going, there's no way that grown up me gets to play with superheroes all day. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, so with everything going on, you know, with all this con stuff, like, how hard is it for you guys to get down here and get set up for these events, get everybody together and get everything coordinated? Like, is it a challenge or do you guys just have, like, this perfect streamline going on? You know what? It's different every year. Um, and it's really just because the convention is different every year. So how they load in, the days, the times, all of that changes. Our booth size. Um, what This year is a little bit different. Uh, we used to be on the third floor with just the other costuming groups. Um, I wish you could have seen it then uh, when we had a larger booth. We have a giant six-foot-tall sentinel head. Oh, that's amazing. It's, it's battle damage. It's got wires hanging out. Um, 
But this year, because uh, it's a little bit smaller, it's not too much stuff. I mean, we got Magneto's helmet and everything. It's a beautiful replica, yeah. too. Like, that is very well done. <laughs> um, stuff like this, this is pretty quick. So this one is a little bit more streamlined. But when you got, like, a giant sentinel head you got to lug around, that gives you a few curveballs. <laughs> just, just a few. You know, those, those big props, as much as they're amazing, you, gotta, you still have to haul them around. Yep. And you have to set them up, break them down. It's a whole thing. You got to get a U-Haul. Depends how long the line for the U-Haul is. Things like that. <laughs> I, I'm with Sugar Pink Cafe, and I transport our U-Haul that has all of our sound gear and everything I understand yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick one thing I love to to ask is if you could pick any of the Marvel universes because in my opinion you know each comic at this point is its own universe yeah if you could pick one to live in which would you live in Ooh, I probably would do um I'm going to, you'll have to forgive me, I forget what Earth number it is. I don't remember the numbers either. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're good. Um, it would be probably the timeline um, after um, Scarlet Witch says no more mutants during the House of M. When Ooh. the Messiah Complex, when Hope Summers comes back and starts bringing the mutants and um, the whole timeline with Bishop trying to hunt her down and her and Cable... Probably that one, and I it's I just really love Hope Summers too. <laughs> oh, that is that is totally fair. Hope Summers is honestly one of my favorite like lesser known characters. Yeah. Unfortunately, she's not as well known as she should be. I agree. But she, hey, she was even a Phoenix host, and people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, no people people forget she exists. Yeah, like a hundred percent. There's a lot of people who are like, who's that? She's not canon. Want to bet? Yeah. <laughs> also, Tabe, who's listening, please don't shoot us. We don't remember the numbers of the universes. <laughs> We're not. It's the last day of con. We're tired. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, is there anything you want to say before we close out? Anything to the people out there listening about what you guys do, where your next events are, stuff like that? Uh, yeah, we also, I just want to um, say another one that we partner with a lot is Majestic Theaters. They also have a booth here. We actually go out there for Marvel premieres and we will fundraise for charity. We just did one yesterday for Across the Spider-Verse and we were fundraising for the uh, Children's uh, Museum of Phoenix. Um, so you can always catch us there at those Marvel releases and uh, also help us raise money for great causes. And you can also follow us on all of our social medias under Arizona Avengers. But thank you so much for, for doing this and shouting us out. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing what you guys do. Like A lot of this wouldn't happen if we didn't have you guys doing all the hard work and helping fundraise because as a drag queen, I know how hard it is to do that fundraising. Like mm -hmm. I work with several charities that I help fundraise for and putting together events is so hard sometimes. So we appreciate everything that you do. We know it's all for the children and to give them a better life. So thank you so much. Thank you. Alright, well you guys enjoy the rest of your con. Thanks, you too. Hey everybody, this is Q Cosplay down here at Phoenix Fan Fusion with Con Air Radio once again. We are joined by the amazing Matthew. How you doing today? I am just glad to be here, having a fantastic fan, Phoenix Fan Fusion. I've heard a lot of people calling it Phoenix Comic Con, so I've been trying to keep it straight for the interview. Yeah, it's honestly, it took me like, my brain just did a somersault to try to get that right. I, this is my first time here, and I'm still trying to figure out which one is it. I'm, I'm, I don't even know where I am. Yeah, <laughs> I just say Comic Con. I actually don't know where I am for the last six months. I've just been writing, so. That is a mood. Yeah. I, I'm a painter, so I understand. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Got to get in the groove. Oh, yeah. So, what is it that you do? Good question. Um, on a daily basis, I... Uh, Wake up, I go for a run, and I put a computer in front of me, and I just stare at a screen for about a good hour. Uh, but mostly, people would say that I'm an author of fantasy worlds. It's a high fantasy, so dragons, magic, elves, all the good stuff. 
Um, if you are a fan of anything from like Brandon Sanderson stuff, Stormlight Archives, Wheel of Time, Sword of Truth, uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, got to go back to our OGs. I write a fantasy series, and it's uh, four books in the series so far called The Ronin Saga, four novellas, and it is growing and getting bigger from there. That's awesome. Like, I actually have one of your books at home. I have the first book. I've had it for about a year now, and I just haven't had the time to sit down and read it because work has gotten in the way. I have a lot of books that I've been trying to read that I haven't gotten through yet, though, so you're not the only one. Don't feel bad. I do not feel bad at all. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so what made you want to start writing? Like, what made you want to just jump in and go, screw it, let's try it? Um, I, it, too much time on my hands, you know? You got to use it somehow. It was like I learned how to juggle already. I learned other things, and so... Why not give writing a try? No, I. that's not true. I, I have no idea. Someone gave me three oranges. They would just have orange juice on the ground. Uh, I, I love a fantasy. I love of reading. So I grew up reading all the classics, you know, like a lot of people did. Um, started with, you know, The Hobbit and Redwall and all these series. And I just read them 17 times. And I never thought I could, uh, you know, upstage them. But I fell in love with them. And I was like... I. I love sh characters with moral shades of gray, but I found myself kind of missing some characters that have this kind of insurmountable, like, r you know, they were strong and courageous and they could, like, fight these battles. They could face crazy odds and, and triumph with cleverness and ingenuity and the human spirit. And so I wanted to have a character that could do that and, of course, you know, doubt himself and have moments of darkness and all this stuff. Um, so that's where it kind of started. And uh, I just went for a walk one day. I was 18, 19 years old, living in Oregon, uh, very, very lonely. <laughs> and uh, when I walked outside and I just had this crazy rant tangent, and a lot of times people do that, um, but I went home and I started writing and it was light outside when I started. It was dark when I finished. And uh, usually that stuff doesn't go anywhere, but I had just the right amount of people to encourage me to make something that was pretty bad, pretty decent. And then eventually pretty decent to pretty good. And uh, book one got published about, you know, short skip and a hop eight years later. Uh, <laughs> but once it came out, um, seems like people like it. And I was all set to just, you know, retire my pen. Uh, well, not really, but I didn't. I was ready to see what where the cards lay. And then uh, the books did really well. And so I started writing book two, Citadel Fire. And next thing I know, I wrote book three, Bastion of Sun. And it's just kind of been uh, people keep reading them, so I keep writing them. That's awesome. And, you know, it's like you said, it's really hard to get started as a writer. A lot of people, they write it and it just never goes anywhere. So the fact that you were able to make it after a couple of years, uh, <laughs> that's really awesome that you were able to do that. Yeah. Like, I'm really happy for that for you. Super lucky, super Most honored. of my stuff will never leave the notebooks I have in storage. <laughs> that is totally understandable. <laughs> that happens. I Mostly. put mine up on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Most of mine was written in I high know, school. And I don't want to go back and reread it because I know it's awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First seventeen versions are bad. They say. Yeah. So I'm at, I'm on revision number seventy eight. Yeah, so. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel so, that. Just curious because I've I've talked to a few writers at these cons before. You know, I've talked to a lot of people. A lot of the writers say that they write fanfic and stuff like that. Did you ever find yourself falling into that little niche at all? No. If anything, I'd say my books had just a lot of like homages, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I loved Wheel of Time. So what I did is, uh, you know, I took a character like, for instance, there's a character named Matrim who's kind of roguish and snarky and fun. I love Matrim. Yeah, he's amazing, <laughs> right? So I took him and I, I created a character with my own kind of flares of that, Darius. And uh, he's one of the favorite characters of the series, you know? He's always making jokes at the wrong time, uh, gambling, getting in over his head. And of course, he's got his own, uh, his own backstory, his own kind of unique touches. 
Um, so if anything, I, I that my books are a kind of a, a fanfic in a way um, that have become their own thing. And now, uh, so yeah, so it's a really good question. I, I, I've never really specifically written fanfic. I just read every fantasy of the sun and I feel like I blended what I think is my favorite parts, elements, avatar, you know, um, grand heroes, grand multi-scale, you know, worlds, real time, and fused it into what is the Ronin Saga. That is so awesome. And again, it's just more of a case of I love picking other writers' brains because I like to think of myself as a writer, but I'm never, again, my stuff's not really seen light of day. So it's always interesting to see what other people like look at it from the different aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the writing process, because I know we all hit this horrible, horrible thing, how do you cope with writer's block? Uh, you know, I've handled this question in a lot of different ways over the years. Um, my one way I used to be like, oh, I just have, I, I have the opposite of writer's block. But then I, that was my naive, and I, I ran into writer's block like, like a normal human. Um, for, me, for me, there's a few ways. One way is to get yourself mentally in the right place. If you're not you know, being healthy with the rest of your life, you're probably not going to be healthy with, uh, with what you're doing um, writing-wise. Um, for me, also, it's about momentum. The writer's block is the hardest in the first book. It's not the same with the second or third book. Fourth and fifth, it becomes harder again because you have more pressure and all that. But at the end of the day, I just write because I listen to my characters. I set up a motivation chart on my thing. So I look at the characters. I put a bit butcher block piece of paper on the wall. And I go, what is Gray's motivations? And if I stop writing what I think other people want and I start writing what the characters are and who they are, I find myself getting over more and more hurdles that way. Um, I also have other little tips and tricks. Uh, I'm going to be doing a like how to write uh, you know, kind of a 10 video thing on how the best way to, to you know get yourself sitting down and one of the tips is I light a candle and I just you know put a little flame next to me and I sit down and as long as the candle is going I have to write if I stand up and I move I have to blow the candle out very awkward to sit down light a candle be like I need a glass of water and get up and blow the candle out you can but you're you know you just you just know you're doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. so um, as long as the candle is lit I am writing that's one strategy um, I also do a thing where I will have two books side by side. One book, which is usually probably a very, very generic, not great fantasy, which I, I won't name any of them. Uh, and I'll, okay, well, I could write better than that. And then I'll take another fantasy that has beautiful prose and beautiful words, and it'll be something to aspire to. And I'll have both those books, and I'll have them at my writing side, and I'll use them, kind of flip them open and kind of keep them, keep my momentum going. Um, there's a lot of tips and tricks, but at the end of the day, the, the best way to overcome it for me is uh, it's just cr- blocking off time, whether that's an hour in the day. For me, it's usually tried to, a week, because uh, <laughs> otherwise I really can't get the momentum. Mm-hmm. And I just I just kind of go crazy with it, you know. I just, you know, I write notes everywhere, and I lose myself in the moment. Um, I have music going on in the background. Um, music's super super helpful. I'll put like on the YouTube. I'll go on the ambiance channel, and I'll have like you know a cozy brook stream in the background, you know. Things that really, really immerse myself. I, if you want to be healthy and you want to go work out, you don't put donuts all around you. I'm looking at donuts right now, by the way. Uh, oh. But uh, <laughs> you don't look at it. But if you're, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. But if it, if you want to, uh, same thing with writing. If you want to write a lot, you you don't create as many distractions. Because writer's block for me isn't so much um, literally being blocked while writing. It's doing everything else but writing. I think people are kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's the secret that nobody says, like writer's block is, I sat for five minutes and then I got up and I went on my phone. So for me, it's just about like creating the right atmosphere. So 
That was a long-winded answer, but that's my answer. I like getting away from home, so taking the laptop somewhere else so yeah. there is nothing to interfere. <laughs> 100%. My problem is my ADHD kicks in, and it's just like, ooh, what's that? Oh, I have to do this before I can do that. And then next thing I know, I went to wash a coffee cup, and I did an entire cleaning spree, and I'm organizing my comics now. <laughs> 100%. It's so easy to do that. And sometimes you have to... You have to just like lock the door and the candle trick and the mm -hmm. other things, these tricks that kind of like trick your brain. And it's momentum. Once you get the first page down, then you can get the rest of it down. But for yeah. sure, never easy though. I'm not, it's never easy. <laughs> no, writing, even if you write on a fanfic level, it's never easy because you have, you know, you go back and read it, you find plot holes you didn't know were there. And yeah. So one thing I am curious about when's the next book? Good question. Uh, this is where I, put the microphone down and run away. No, I, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> just don't uh, pull a George R.R. Martin, please. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm healthy. I'm good. I've been on a roll. Um, the plan is usually like a book per year and a half or so. Um, we are, the, book five is outlined, and I am have done most of the rough draft of the first book. So we're in editing phase. Editing phase is usually a few months. Um, so hopefully by the end of the year, if I'm on a roll, uh, I need to because my narrator, Tim Dry Reynolds, who's amazing, uh, is contracted into narrate in December. So if I don't, I am going to be in big trouble. So basically, <laughs> everyone's going to get the book by December, or and they may not hear from me for the next few months. I mean, there's a lot of open land out if you head out east to here, you know? That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm going to just, yeah, go MIA, AWOL. They just want to have a talk. That's all they want to do. They just yeah, want to talk. exactly. <laughs> but there's nothing I want more than to write book five. So I, I think... I think, uh, I think I'm super, super excited for it, and I think it's going to be uh, every book I wanted. My main goal is to have the book, the next book be better than the last one. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal for book five. So one thing I love to ask, because I love hearing about all these stories, is there a fan interaction you've had that just kind of sticks out as to the, wow, this is why I keep doing this. This is, you know, I touch this person's heart in a way, and this is the reason I keep pushing myself to do what I do kind of thing. Honestly, you know, yes and no. Um, Every day, like even just right before I started chatting with you guys, that some come up, kind of tears in their eyes, like, man, you know, like, I wasn't a reader, and, and this book changed my life, and, you know, like, I, I you know, I, I found myself doing healthier habits and being inspired by this character, kind of role model characters, and um, so there's every day I have little ones when I go to cons. On the day-to-day -day basis when I'm at home, I'm just me writing in a vacuum. Um, <laughs> But probably the biggest one is I, I, I was at San Diego Comic-Con about, uh, you know, six years ago, five years ago. And a kid came by the table, Caesar was his name, uh, and he, he walked by and I was like, hey, come on over here. And I normally, you know, I'm not, <laughs> not this aggressive. And uh, I was like, you're going to like this book. And kind of used card salesman him. And he's like, he's like, are you really sure? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, well, I, you know, it's 20 bucks at the time. He's like, I only have 14 bucks. And I was just like, that's fine. And, uh, but he's like, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Like my, my, his girlfriend was him at the time. He's like, she's like, she does all my essays. I haven't read more than like, you know, the back of a cereal box. I just, it's just not going to work, but it, it does sound awesome. I told him the pitch. He's like, I, I would love it. And I'm like, you're going to message me, uh, in like a week from now, seven days from now and tell me you're going to read at least 50 pages to tell me what you thought. He messaged me that night and was like three chapters in. Uh, he messaged me pretty much every day for like the next year and I regretted, <laughs> I regretted and I love the connection. He came back every year, every year still comes back with a book. It's, you know, he's bought the book twice because it's fallen apart from him reading it so much. 
It's got that dirty thumbprint on every page. That permanent crease in the spine. Permanent crease. He's sold it a million times. He's got tattoos of the book. Oh, wow. You don't have to do that, by the way. <laughs> uh, it's cool, but not required. It's not required, yeah. So it, it, what, and he, he mentioned how much it's changed his life, both from an education standpoint, um, how he's gotten into the college of his dreams and all this stuff. It's uh, things like that. Uh, it feels surreal, but they, they're really amazing. That is so cool that you were able to, to basically create that connection like that. Not a lot of creators will go out of their way to do something like that. So that is super amazing that you did that. Yeah, thank you. Um, before we close, is there anything you want to say to the people listening, anybody out there who might pick up your book one day at a Barnes & Noble or something and be like, oh, this looks interesting, or you know, they happen to get it from a friend who's like, you need to read this. This is going to change your life, man. Yeah, good question. Um, it is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of bias, so uh, you'll love it. Each book is bigger and better than the last one. Going to the magical uh, kingdom of Farhaven, um, finding the next, uh, the main character finds out he has the power of wind, so it's really this journey to go to different cities to find the run of fire and water and stone and reband the Nine Nights. Uh, enjoy the saga, have fun with it, have fun with your own writing, um, get lost in the world of magic, never stop losing your imagination, and uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think we're all looking for this beautiful moment of, of connection with characters and world so enjoy and, and stay connected and you're looking like you're gonna get very busy very soon <laughs> yeah I got a little crowd here yeah, so sure. yeah well thank you so much for your time it's been great talking to you thank you. To know you and I look forward to reading the series appreciate it thank you guys I see trees of green red roses too I see them blue for me and you And I think to myself Bullshit! What a wonderful world Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.